This is Hunter Henry, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap and joining me today, one of our great contributors at RosterWatch.com. You can find him on Twitter at Alan Seslowski. He is, believe it or not, given that Twitter handle, actually Alan Seslowski. Alan, what the hell's going on, brother? Always good to be sitting in the co-pilot chair, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, it's been an interesting uh, 72 hours of uh, legal tampering, right? Yeah. Well, and that's what we're here to discuss. Going to talk over some of these initial moves. I figured we had to just kind of quickly just record a quick pod and I'll I'll, I'll get this up on YouTube after we get done recording. Who knows by then or I'll I'll try and keep Twitter up and just maybe something will happen while we're here, (laughs) while we're here on the pod. But um, we'll try our best to kind of get everybody caught up and sort of see how our fallout uh, fantasy wise goes for some of these guys. Um, I guess just going from I guess the bet, you know, let's not go team by team. Let's just look at it by sort of by player and talk about these situations, Uh, judging by the. Judging by the dollars on these deals, probably the two biggest are offensive linemen, Joe uh, Joe Thune and Corey Lindsley. Joe Thune uh, going from the Patriots to the Kansas City Chiefs, who clearly have a big need along the offensive line. I think they'll probably keep addressing that. Corey Lindsley goes to the Los Angeles Chargers from the Green Bay Packers. Maybe that's a good segue into saying, look, Corey Lindsley got $62.5 million. He uh, averaged – um, is $12.5 million per year. He's guaranteed a total of $26 million, $17 million guaranteed at signing. Um, what's weird to me is that Aaron Jones, to go back to the Green Bay Packers, got – did he get four years, $48 million? I think that's what it was. I think it was – or was it four for 40? Was it uh, – no, because right, it was the deal was averaging about 12 a year. Yeah. So yeah, I got it right here. It's uh, four for forty-eight. That includes thirteen signing bonus. Okay, um, and, and and a good little chunk of guaranteed money. And so, what? Well, like, I I had I had on the podcast just last week, Ian Kenyon from Bleach Report. He's a yeah. big Packers fan, and his deal was like, look, to, to fix the to keep the Packers running game afloat, it, that's more. You know, I think of that as more of a Corey Lindsley type of thing than I do an Aaron Jones type of thing. Um, It's just weird to me that if this was what Corey Lindsley went for in free agency, the Packers legitimately chose Aaron Jones over Corey Lindsley, um, which seems odd to to me, at least. Uh, What do you think? Aaron Jones back to the Green Bay Packers. Whenever I kind of process that news, I think to myself, well, I got to get it back up the best ball cheat sheet. And here's the reason why. It's because now we know that Jamal Williams is, is is gone. And we sort of know what A.J. Dillon is. We know that um, 
Yes, they did spend second round draft capital on, on AJ Dillon. We know that he looked good at times last year. We had basically gotten to the point where the market was just frothy over AJ Dillon, thinking that this dude, like people had talked themselves into him. They had said, like, actually, look, yeah, he's, look, he's big. He's got great straight line speed. Aaron Jones is going to be gone. Like, he's going to be the lead back. He's going in the third, fourth round of these best ball drafts. It feels like people have talked themselves into him. But now I'm just kind of thinking, was that some sort of manic uh, fever, like fever dream we were all in with A.J. Dillon, where we kind of actually thought that he was going to be good? Uh, Now that Aaron Aaron Jones is back, what does that mean for A.J. Dillon? I think that Aaron Jones, to me, whenever I look at the top of these best ball drafts, I mean, you know, Aaron Jones, Zeke Elliott, Cam Akers, all those guys, man. Whenever you're coming all after you've peeled off the Christian McCaffrey's and the Dalvin's, the Saquon's, the Derrick Henry's and stuff, I'm having a hard time picking between those guys. How do you see this one? Do you think AJ Dillon is still a threat? Or you like what is your what is your what is your overall thought process here? And just let, let, let me also just say one other thing. I think that Jamal Williams not being there helps Aaron Jones immensely in the receiving game for, for PPR purposes. Yeah. Well, you, you said a lot, but it's, it's all properly directed. I mean, let's, let's say, call it how it is. This is going in the way that Aaron Jones is going to be a first round pick, right? Whether it's now, whether it's in a month from now, people, he is secured with his role. Now, Aaron Jones has never been a, or they don't want him to be a 250 carry running back. He's more like a 215 carry running back. So I think AJ Dillon, he is, he, he's a one injury way back up with a role. I mean, similar to Latavius Murray, right? He's uh, someone who's going to have a hundred carries. He probably has some decent goal line equity and he's one injury away from uh, being a weekly top 12 running back. So where do you draft this guy where were we taking latavius murray in like the sixth or seventh round last year maybe the eighth round if it was uh, i wouldn't take him in the sixth or seventh right that's what i'm saying i forgot where he was priced in i think probably eighth or eighth or ninth round right that sounds about right that sounds about right but yeah that's where this is going it's it's going in the direction of that in these drafts what for better for worse the running backs that are the lead running backs are the most coveted commodity in any format of any drafting and that means aaron jones belongs at the top of the board yeah yeah it um do you think you don't think that they're going to do something where they bring in like another back though right i I think if they brought in somebody else they drafted somebody else they i think that i think they're probably cool with a they you know at some point you got to say jesus we just paid 48 million dollars to a running back it's a top what six top six or seven uh running back contract in the league as far as uh as far as the average per year and we also just got done spending second round draft capital on a running back we're like we're closing up shop at the running back business and i think that jamal williams was the first one to sort of get that get that notice that they're not they're not spending any more resources i like that you pointed out that this is a boon for aaron jones's pass catching now you guys uh weren't uh, the roster watch rookie rankings weren't too high on aj Dillon. i I liked him a little bit i actually went back when you and i had some discussions offline uh about moving aj Dillon up in the dynasty rankings and obviously you you pumped the brakes on me rightfully there where you said that hey not so fast this aaron jones could go back but aj Dillon was the like entire offense at boston college I, i still like him i still think that you know that he's probably going to have like a Gus Edwards to J.K. Dobbins type of role you know I think that so Gus Edwards underpriced A.J. Dillon's overpriced somewhere in the middle is probably where we should land with that so uh, uh, 
You asked about a third running back. I mean, they might bring in somebody for depth, but somebody that they're going to sign for less, the league minimum, the veteran minimum, somebody just to, to have a warm body in that room. Yeah, or just or maybe use a day three pick. But I, I don't see that. I, I could not see them using another day two pick. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's just like, I don't want to harp on this for too long, but I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. Like what, for, for a minute there, people had talked themselves into A.J. Dillon. So I I do sort of I, yeah I but I do sort of think that I might like him a little bit you know well, it's, well we'll have to see where he goes on the on the best ball cheat sheet but I might like him a, a valued a little bit more than where we had Latavius last year yeah um, I'm kind of looking at him now and if he feels like he might fit around where like right now guys like you know James Connor who we don't know what's going to happen with him and who might be dust. Miles Gaskin, who might be a, a kind of Ugh. a number two. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Kenyon Drake. I feel like I feel like you probably feel about as good pulling the trigger on Zach Moss or David Johnson. Now that they've added Mark Ingram, they said they're going to add a pass catcher. I think, given the fact that that offense is going to be in scoring position so often, the fact, like you mentioned, he is one injury away from being a literally being a running back one. Um, and, you know, they could have some kind of creepy role for him down at the goal line or something like that. So, right. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, uh, he's almost like the, the de facto goal line back in a sense where he, he throws two, uh, what do you lead <laughs> he the league in like five, five Adams? Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. He, he has, uh, he leads the league in five yard passes. So that's also a factor. You know, you talk about, you know, they're, they're going to force feed uh, the passing game and Devontae Adams when they get down there too. But yeah, I mean, what's the under over on AJ Dillon touchdowns? It's probably seven. You know, so uh, Aaron Jones, like you said, is going to have to make his money in the passing game. And um, he's locked and loaded. I don't think there's too much to discuss for fantasy. You're happy to have him in in any format for the uh, for the Patriots. They they um, what I mean, yesterday they blew everybody's skirts up by the John U. Smith stuff. Uh, he got fifty million dollars a year on a four year deal. Thirty one point two five guaranteed. He's bet John U. Smith basically now the third highest paid tight end in the national football league basically getting to about not quite not quite double what darren waller is getting is 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 john u smith um then belichick wakes up this morning i don't have no idea what's going on hunter henry gets a three-year deal 37.5 million dollars uh an average of two uh just like um just like uh, Johnny Smith, an average of twelve point five per season, only twenty five million total guaranteed. Uh, Bill Belichick, I know everybody said it, but he, you know, clearly he's going back to the old Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski Kill- days from whenever. They killer drafted. strategy, right? Killer strategy. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> that same year, I remember uh, Baltimore did it with uh, who was that? That was like Ed Dixon and Pitta. Um, right. The so. so what does this mean? Cam Newton back. They've also signed Nelson Aguilar to a two year, $22 million deal, which is far, far too much uh, for that guy. It feels like if you're going to be, I don't know. Do you believe that Nelson Aguilar at age, what, 28 had did enough to revive his career in Las Vegas enough to where they're paying him elite field stretcher money here. Um, I, it feels like this is an offense that's going to pretty much, you know, if, if if you're Cam, you probably gotta like it. You know, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, those are two two pretty sick tight ends. But for fantasy purposes, I just looked at you know one of my tight end premium dynasty leagues. I treated I traded for Hunter Henry, hoping that he would be 
traded at some point to a team like the Patriots. I just had no idea that it was going to be alongside Johnny Smith. I feel like both of these guys are swindled. Um, I think it's good for real football. I'm just, I'm not sure how good it is for fantasy. Yeah, what this does is it puts Cam Newton firmly back in the Superflex uh, conversation. Uh, he was forgotten about. He was literally QB 30, QB 31 going off the board in these drafts. When he signed, my ears perked up a little bit when he re-signed. And now what Bill Belichick decided to do was not go after any superstars. He decided to surround Cam with not great receivers, uh, pass catchers, but professional pass catchers he has a bunch of rock solid guys nelson aguilar reminds me of a lot of the late bloom of Bashard perryman when he had his blow up at age 26 or 27 or 28 and then even kendrick Bourne has been good at times i mean uh, again i forgot they also signed Bourne. yeah it's a, no, it's a weird it's a, it's a very it's a, odd very odd but it's yeah. uh again the it's not that any one of those one individual signings your blows your mind but collectively what are they trying to do it looks like they're they're going to focus on the short passing game and have nelson aguilar keep the defenses a little bit honest it's it, it's a very interesting strategy and i think that this this all bodes well for cam newton like you said yeah um I, well i mean I think that yeah, everything except for losing Joe, everything except for losing Joe Thune to the to the to the yeah. Chiefs. Um, I'm not as excited about John New Smith even before Hunter Henry signed. Everyone was going crazy. I'm more excited to make a, a little bit of a connecting the dots about someone like Hayden Hurst because when Janu Smith was on the Tennessee Titans, I mean that was Arthur Smith's uh, you know creation. He was the former tight ends coach and then the offensive coordinator. I feel like he was the fuel that. Uh, pumped in uh, uh, Janu Smith. And now that he's over with Atlanta, I'm more excited about someone like Hayden Hurst. But now, obviously, all bets are off that we have the double tight ends and all these other small pieces that are collectively probably eat each other up for fantasy. So, yeah, the Kendrick Bourne also went there. Another, uh, as we sort of move down these signings via, um, for skill position players, just via the amount signed for Ryan Fitzpatrick signs a one-year deal going from mm. uh, the Dolphins to the Washington football team. That's just one year, 10 million. No, um, I, I don't know the exact contract details on that right now, as far as how much guaranteed, et cetera, et cetera. But he'll probably, probably start. I mean, I'd imagine, you know, you sign a guy for 10 million bucks. He's probably going to be your starter until he gets hurt. And to me, the first thing that I thought is, Ooh, baby wheels up Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I mean, this is great news for fantasy, right? For some reason, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the electric shock that makes fantasy teams go. And uh, I just pulled it up while you were talking. It's it's a one-year $10 million with a max value of twelve. Perfect low-end starter money or super high-end backup money, and yeah, Terry McLaurin's the obvious uh, the obvious go here. We're going to be taking him in late round three and feel really good about it. Maybe round four if he falls, but. I want to know who's the second one. Is this help Logan Thomas? Yes. Cam Sims is someone that I've been taking in those late uh, best ball darts. I always try to find one guy. Sometimes I hit on those guys. Sometimes I don't. In the past, Nelson Aguilar, thumbs down. Uh, so uh, it, uh, it, Last year, uh, I, what was it, two years ago, DJ Shark, thumbs up. You always want to take that one player at the very end of your draft in these best ball, and, and you can vary it because we do 10, 15, 30 best balls. So if Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to help a few receivers <laughs> in the least. past, he doesn't just focus on one. He spreads that ball around. So I'm curious who the second or third Washington football team pass receiver is going to be that Ryan Fitzpatrick helps. Who do you think it might be? 
Don't know. Probably, probably, probably Logan Thomas. Um, but, but if we are talking about it from a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two perspective, if we're just looking at those guys, um, I know that last night when everybody was you know going crazy about the Fitzpatrick signing, um, our friend Scott Barrett from mm. Fantasy Points had a he got an awesome, an awesome, um, like, uh, what do you, I don't know, like a, a tele, what is it? Man, I'm just, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm, I'm running on a little bit of sleep. I can't think of the name. What is something where it's like an, oh, it, it, like an infograph, like a chart, right? Okay. And um, <laughs> it, took, it took me a while to come up with that. Um, but, but anyway, it's, it's basically Ryan Fitzpatrick's wide receiver one and wide receiver two and game started from 2010 to 2020. Okay. In yeah. 2010 is wide receiver one and two were Stevie Johnson and Lee Evans. Um, Stevie Johnson, 9.1 targets per game. Lee Evans, 7.6. Phoenix points per game, 17.2. Lee Evans, 20, 12.2, right? You can even go down to with these guys where it's like not even good second pass catchers. Uh, guys like in 2011, his second pass catcher was David Nelson. He got 6.1 targets per game, 9.8 fantasy points per game. In 2012, it was Donald Jones. Donald Jones in 2012 got – and you know Stevie Johnson, of course, kept getting his nine targets a game. Donald Jones got 5.6 per game, 9.1 fantasy points per game. Uh, in 2013 with uh, – was that with the Titans? I guess so. Ken, Kendall Wright and Justin Hunter, um, 9.2 per game for Kendall Wright, 5 for Justin Hunter, 14 fantasy points per game for Kendall Wright, 12 for Justin Hunter. I mean, in 2014, he had DeAndre Hopkins and Aust- Andre Johnson. Um, I'm just looking here. It's like – if you probably Brandon Marshall and Quincy and Nunwa in 26 in that 2016, can you believe that he fed Quincy and Nunwa seven targets per game? So basically if you just look at it on, on average, on average since 2010 via Scott Barrett, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's wide receiver one in games that he started has averaged 9.1 targets per game and 16.2 fantasy points per game. Whereas his wide receiver two has averaged seven targets per game and 12.4 fantasy points per game so alan it makes it really does uh bring to bring to our attention exactly what you were saying who the fuck is the wide receiver two here right and that's um, and i like i liked cam sims i thought that he he looked pretty good you know i mean uh who else is on the team steve sims jr is a little bit more of a antonio guy. gandy golden sucks i know didn't they you don't sign? like him huh you don't like no. him at all okay no. all right i'll, I'll um, go it, because was it, it was, was something on the tape at Liberty, or was there anything? What was it about him? Just slow, slow. He, yeah, he yeah. Could, like I just, okay. I just saw him That's, at the saw him at the Senior Bowl. He couldn't fucking separate. But what do you think it is about Ryan Fitzpatrick that just is the the night the knocks that makes all these uh, you, these as much as I as much as I hate Gandy Golden though maybe I mean. Uh, if he if it's the type of I mean what he what he what he could maybe do is go up and get go up and get it in the 50-50 contested catch balls, D gap balls. They don't really have a guy like this. I mean Cam right. Sims and Steven Sims. I mean, am I thinking of Steven Sims or is Cam Sims pretty no so Cam, Cam Sims is the Cam big Sims guy. is the big one. Steven right. Sims is Steven the Sims one. is the little shrimp. Okay. I think Cam Sims is probably is probably the move here. Yeah, I think Cam I, Sims and, is probably the move. I looked, I've done about 17 best balls already, and I think I have Cam Sims in the first seven in a row I got him, so I stopped. I stopped taking him. But, yeah, I mean, that was like an auto ad. You can get him for zero cost whenever you want him in any draft. And, you know, I mean, why not, right? There's going to be a receiver that's drafted with an ADP of around 16 to 18 that ends up being one of those those guys that helps you cash. So take some shots. 
Did Cam is Cam Sims officially? Oh yeah, so he is officially signed for 2021. He'll be making 850 this year. So all right, uh, let's. He's get, only a year two or three player. I think he's he's probably to, still. I need to make a note to get him on the best ball cheat sheet. All right, good, good. We made we actually we we got something going here. We actually- <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your law. Lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. He added a player. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. So, what the hell is Jacksonville doing, man? They they're, oh. they paid they paid Jamal Agnew uh, fourteen point two five million dollars for for uh, for three years. Uh, they brought in Chris Manher, <laughs> Chris Manhurts from uh, from Carolina, the, the blocking tight end on a seven point two five million dollar deal. And then, of course, you know, uh, of course, you have to bring in Carlos Hyde again for the second time. Isn't this his second go around with Jacksonville? Uh, is it? I don't, I, I don't. Has Carlos Hunter ever played for Jacksonville? I'm not I sure, feel man. Like, I mean, I he's feel been, like he's made a stop he, there before. Right? He's been, I, you know, he's been pretty. He's been pretty dusty for a, for a long time and a little bit off the radar. I can't believe that they're that they're paying him. Did um, you mention Philip Dorsett too? Did you mention him? No, I for, I forgot to mention Philip Dorsett. That was so their that biggest was, signing. That was another. That was another signing. Yeah, yeah, he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2018. Yeah, you, you yeah. were you were right about that. <laughs> Um, it was so it was very memorable, right? That you that everyone forgot. I I, I mean, listen, the, the bottom line. How is, is Carlos Hyde getting paid two point two five million dollars per year? I mean, how is that? He's a thir- he's a thirty one year old dusty like running back who hasn't had a who who hasn't had more than like three and a half yards per carry since I I looked it up earlier. He hadn't had more than like three and a half yards per carry since twenty seventeen or something like this. Is he uh, one of these good in the locker room guys? We need him for the locker room, so they're well, going to pay him extra for that. Maybe he's one ob- of those. Guys. Obviously, the Urban Meyer connections from Ohio State. I mean, uh, I can yeah. Just well, there imagine. you go. I I also think that we talked about this uh, in a texturing, Alex, and we are thrilled with this for James Robinson. I think you got James Robinson in like the fifth or fourth round of our of our mock draft, uh, our dynasty startup mock draft. James Robinson deserves to be elevated, and I think that's what this is about. We were not. Uh, unclear whether there would get there would be a backfield mate coming in. We just wanted it to be someone that pro- poses no threat. Where are you going to put uh, James Robinson on the best ball cheat sheet now that you know his role is mostly secure? I'm going to keep I'm going to keep it but I'm going to keep it about where it is because I don't I can't get him. To me, it's only about considering James Robinson now versus guys like Antonio Gibson, Joe okay. Mixon, Miles Sanders. And Najee Harris, you know, I, I, I think that he belongs above David Montgomery whenever we know that Tariq Cohen is going to be coming back. It's a question about whether he belongs over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know. Um, I think that the market hates Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, right? The, I mean, yeah, he is. It's, well, I mean, it could represent a good buying opportunity for him. Yes. And, and, and that's what Byron's been talking a lot about. But we will just need to, you know, expand. If they keep fixing that offensive line, maybe they'll, maybe, maybe they'll realize that they can commit a little bit more to the run game. I just wonder, I mean, could they bring back – could they even bring back Damian Williams? That would be a Damian Williams, Darrell Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire type of nightmare. You could also see that happening. You know, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire could be like the 50% guy in that, 
and he could still be frustrating for fantasy purposes even when he's operating yeah the last time was offense yeah, the last time we saw Damian Williams, he was the uh, the people's MVP of the Super Bowl, right? Even though he didn't win it, everyone's like, oh, it should have been Damian Williams. I mean, he's a big part of that team, pass blocking. I think that, uh, yeah, you might be right there, that that could end up being a, a problem for Clyde Ebert-Hilaire. You, you were talking about Jacksonville, though, and obviously we know what they're going to do with the first pick. What do you think they're going to do with their early second round pick? Where's well, What are Jacksonville's? Let me look at just the Jacksonville picks this year yeah. are they picking uh, at the top of the round um, do they have pick 33 i'm just let me just look and see so we have the jacksonville's top, the 2021 selections so they have the first pick no and see i i i knew it they have another first round pick so right they that one at, they pick that at one 25 they pick at okay. 25 and then they have the they, they do still have 33 and then they also have the sec- they have a, another second round pick at 45. So they have four picks in the first four, they have four of the four of the first 45 picks. 1 25 33 and 45. So at 1 you know they're going Trevor Lawrence. At, at at 2 where I'm sorry, pick 25. 25. They probably I mean they they need to go offensive line. So um you know, they could pro- – I mean, you would imagine that uh, – what, who's the GM? Trent Baalke. You can imagine them going edge, you know, like they're, they're, the edge – this edge class isn't very good. Maybe some of those top edge guys could 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 possibly fall. Um, You're hearing they, rumors, too, that DJ Shark could be shopped in a trade to, to the Ravens. I know it's just social media uh, rumors, which, you know, sometimes <laughs> can be true, but maybe there's an opportunity for them with uh, one of that second-round pick to get one of these great receivers, these deep receivers. Maybe that thir- – yeah, with that pick 30 – with that pick 33, yeah, um, the first pick of the second round – you know that's where we could run into trouble with James Robinson if like a, you know, what if Travis Etienne sticks around or mm. what if, you know something if something like that happens you could maybe see them doing that. I mean they just talked about how Urban Meyer just wants speed, speed, and more speed. Uh, Travis yeah. Etienne at his pro day didn't quite burn quite as fast as people would thought, running somewhere like four four zero four. Four four five, but looking a little bit kind of you know like he packed on some pounds to weigh in at that two fifteen, so maybe it is playing weight, which might be more like two oh nine, two oh eight. He could be get back to those like sub four three wheels, and now that if if that happened, that's much different than Carlos Hyde coming in. Yes. Carlos Hyde helps James Robinson. Travis Etienne would absolutely tank him. Yeah, with um, all the needs though, I mean they have solved running back. They threw a dart and it landed. They have a workhorse running back that they got for zero. I mean it just feels like with all the needs on that team, I, and I you you know you've been right about saying hey caution, what about this? But uh, it just feels like that would be um, you know unnecessary at their stage of rebuild. You also think you also got to think that I mean there are some there are some offensive linemen and some some offensive tackles guys like. Um, uh, the kid from the senior bowl, Leatherwood or the Texas kid Cosme uh, that are consistently falling out of the first round of these mocks. And so if, if they decided that they want to go more offensive line, I think a guy like Cosme would make a, a lot of sense having played in those sort of spread systems at Texas that are similar to urban Meyer. I mean, after all, Tom Herman was urban Meyer's offensive coordinator at Ohio state for those national championship games and yeah. all the rest of that stuff. And then it picked for the, the 45th pick, that's where um, 
isn't that where they're going to get their 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 wide receiver? They're going to add some new fast wide receiver, something like that. I would, you know, you you just ask how they, how, how they were planning to use those picks. You figure they're probably going to use those. I, I would guess that they go probably three of those picks on offense just to surround right. surround the new quarterback with talent and use one of the picks on defense, like a pro, like a primary position, like a cornerback or a defensive end. I would imagine that happens at twenty five, and then at thirty three. And uh, at 45, I think it, it'll probably be weapons, be they like, you know, one of these tight end slips or um, who's the tight, the, uh, you know, Revan Fry- Jordan or Fryermouth. Fryermouth. Um, so that would be, that would be my plan of attack for the Jaguars. But yeah. then again, who knows what the fuck they're thinking? They're bringing in these Chris Manners and all, right. all the rest the, of this during the, during the, uh, during the legal tampering period. Now I know we're, we're sitting here talking free agency and, and, you know, tangents are good. I love that. I love, I love exploring where this, the conversation goes, but I've been sitting here waiting patiently for you to bring up my New York jets and Corey Davis. I am dying to hear what you think of this. This is exactly the type of signing the New York jets. Go. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy your take on this before I even think about uh, interjecting here. I had no idea. I, I, I didn't know you were a Jets fan. That's crazy. I'm a lifelong New Yorker, man. A, you know, <laughs> self-hating Jets fan. Well, what do you shit? What do you think of it? I mean, what do you think? I, I like. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll give you my my quick take. Obviously, it means Brashad Perriman's gone. Um, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, Corey Davis. Corey Davis coming off one of the best years of his career. Um, and look, regardless of what we think about Corey Davis in the fantasy community. We've been burned by him. He's a top 10 pick. He wasn't ever good until this last year. Um, he just had flashes of greatness going back. You know, the, it was just so frustrating. Corey Davis in previous years would have like, he'd have a blow up game versus like Stefan Gilmore during the height of Stefan Gilmore's powers and you, you know, catch 11 balls and look like he's the next coming of Calvin Johnson and then just disappear. And you wonder what the hell's up with this guy. And, um, what is it about what is it about him that that went wrong and and it was also frustrating that we couldn't go back and look at his physical athletic profile because Corey Davis never tested right. so you know you this whole time you sort of like what do we have in this guy what do we have in this guy he looks like he could be one of the best wide receivers in the league but he's never put it all together um now had the big year you know had the big year in his last year there in Tennessee and I think Honestly, the new coach and the Jets, Sala, Robert Sala, the GM of the Jets, Joe Douglas. These are some football, old school, tough ass dudes. And regardless of what we think about Corey Davis and the way that he's disappointed us, you listen to NFL types talk about him and they say, like, this motherfucker can block. Yeah. He's physical. Um, you know, he might not, he, you know. He might not get it right every time, but he's always going 110%. We've heard these tropes about Corey Davis a long time, as people have made excuses for why he hasn't performed up, up to his ability. But people have said, well, goddamn, he's good to have on the football field from a, from a football perspective. So I think that Jamison Crowder is going to do what Jamison Crowder does. I think Corey Davis is going to do what Corey Davis does, which is – I mean, what, what, what Jamison Crowder does is slot work. What Corey Davis is going to do is outside X – type of work and he'll handle more, more of the intermediate stuff. I think Denzel Mims, even with that, you know, with that length and that ability to get off press and everything else, he comes, he becomes more like a Z sort of like a stretch. So like Denzel Mims, we forget Denzel Mims runs a four, three, eight. So he can, he can, he can stretch the field 
So that, I guess that's how I see the rules playing out, even though I think Denzel Mims is a guy who can who can catch the moon. He can go up and win the, the contested balls. I, I think it hurts Denzel Mims a little bit, but still interested in Denzel Mims and in, in, in Dynasty. Not quite as interested as I was before, simply because we, we do play such a premium on the next year, the next year and the year after production. And that could be thwarted just a little bit by Corey Davis's presence. And also, we still don't know exactly what's, what's going to happen to quarterback. Right. Yeah. I mean, there you've heard the last few days they were talking about the Sam Darnold ending up in Seattle. And we all know that Jet fans, we can't get too excited about Russell Wilson yet. But this is <laughs> I, I draw Don't straight do it to yourself, Alan. That's not happening. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm used to the abuse as a Jet fan, but oh, I'm, sure. I'm making a parallel between Juju Smith-Schuster and Corey Davis. They have a very similar but reversed career arc, right? Juju Smith-Schuster came out of the gate hot and kind of tailed off. Corey Davis came out of the gate slow and had his best year of his career They're And they're both heading into free agency right now. And they're both similar players. They're probably miscast as the one a alpha, the more likely better suited to be a complimentary receiver. So, both of these guys, Juju is going to cost a lot more. I was actually hoping the Jets would get Corey Davis. So I'm happy about the signing. And as much as this feels like an overpay, uh, I'm not going to call it an overpay until I see what Juju Smith-Schuster gets. Because, again, I don't make much of a differentiation between those two players who've had eerily similar similar career trajectories so far, but in reverse. Corey Davis, three years, $37.5 million, $27 million. Guaranteed at sign, son. Go get paid. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I don't mind it. It's again. It's he's not going to be that number one guy, but if he does all the intangibles, probably a better real life than fantasy pick. I don't think that this changes much for Corey Davis. If anything, probably the stink of the Jets since they haven't had a fantasy relevant player probably since Brandon Marshall uh, on a consistent basis that, uh, right. Can you think of anyone? I mean, even Jamison Crowder wasn't playable every week. Uh, I, I mean, since you mentioned it, all I, all I could think is, 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 is yes. The New York Jets certainly have a horrible, horrible stint to them. <laughs> credit card bill.